we are here with you today on BARG. And what are we going to talk about today? Uh, today, we will be discussing uh, collection agencies, um, how to negotiate with creditors. I think we'll uh, touch on statute of limitations and date of last activities and uh, how we can help mortgage brokers with, let's say, complicated debt files. Um, it'll be exciting to discuss all these things. Yeah, so we're looking forward to it, and we'll get started now. Welcome to the audio version of BARG, exclusively for Canadian mortgage professionals who want to avoid losing the rate game by using the credit game to win. To join the conversation for visuals and additional resources, you can go to our private Facebook or LinkedIn page, and all the links and resources are in the show notes. Today, we're going to go into what I do when I see collections on a credit report. But before we get started, I want to introduce my guest, Ashley. And and sorry, I'm Pile. Am I saying your uh, last name right? Yes. No. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, because. Uh, I always do it with a Spanish accent, and and uh, I, I don't <laughs> think it's a Spanish last name, so that uh, probably doesn't go well. <laughs> well I like but, sound of, probably sounds better in Spanish. <laughs> but uh, you've been in the industry for a while now. I know we've worked together for, for a number of years. About 12 years ago now, we went and got the license to start a collection agency. And we were brainstorming it, and we thought we were going to be bill collectors. And funnily enough, a mortgage broker said, with this particular license, you could actually reach out to mortgage brokers and settle clients' debts. You were so looking at the dark side, but decided to come to the, yes. the, the, yeah. the good we side. <laughs> What's your company name? It's Strategic Credit Solutions. Do you work with or offer bankruptcies, consumer proposals, or is it just credit counseling? Um, yes, we only do the settlements. Um, yeah. We do for proposal or bankruptcies. We do have other episodes where we go into more detail about bankruptcies, consumer proposals, and the role a trustee plays in, in that and options. So you'd always check those out and uh, show more info or the show notes. The whole purpose of this episode is essentially to help brokers when they do see a collection on the credit report to understand really what the next steps are what I would do, and then obviously your expert opinion on on how to deal with that. Uh, so the first thing is that a lot of brokers just look at Equifax. I'm a big proponent of looking at both credit reports, but it is extremely important if you do see a collection or a balance outstanding, whether it's a, a written off account or however it shows up on the Equifax report or Borwell that you're looking at, you need to make sure that you're checking both Equifax and TransUnion for that. I do have a, a previous episode where I go through the benefits of looking at both Equifax and TransUnion, but specifically speaking with the collection, uh, it's it's really important. Uh, not all collection agencies report to both Equifax and TransUnion, and so you may assume that it's all good to go, but then there's a collection showing up on TransUnion and you don't see it until you submit it. And then all of a sudden you got headaches and problems, which is never fun of or fun to deal with. Um, have you ever dealt with that, Ashley? Or, or do you have any idea on why collection agencies only report to one and not the other? 
continually. It happens all the time, absolutely. And there's a cost incurred for them. Uh, to go each bureau company, it could be, you know, it's a bulk fee because they're doing thousands of accounts. But it's still, you know, their profit margins are affected by these costs. So generally, yeah, they stick to Equifax. But as you had said, creditors generally will pick both of them um, when it gets closer to that date. And it may appear on one and may not appear on the other, but eventually it has to be dealt with. And then these companies, by human error, make mistakes too. Yes. So, you know, there may be something on one account, as you know better than anyone, and then not on another bureau. And it's, of course, it's better to be more prepared and at least know what you're facing. And, and it may not even be the client's credit report or like their collection. I, I get that a lot. Uh, I don't know what the process uh, internally is for collection agencies, but it kind of seems like they just like throw it out there and, and hope <laughs> it gets oh, on the right person. <laughs> There's a name match. Yeah. That's enough for them sometimes. Yeah. So and uh, match, um, they'll proceed. Yeah. And that, that's challenging for uh, people who have great credit and it's not theirs, but then all of a sudden they have something show up. So that's something that uh, is is a great first step, checking both Equifax and TransUnion. And I do have links on how the client can pull their own credit report if you don't want to pull it on your side or don't have access to TransUnion on your side. I have the links on how to pull all the different credit reports or how the client can do that uh, just, just to make sure what's going on there. Uh, the, the next thing I look at is the DLA or, or date of last activity it may show up as date of last payment or a different turn of phrase, depending on what version of the report you're looking at. But this is what controls how long it will stay on the credit report. And collections should be removed off the report for six years with Equifax. However, TransUnion, it stays on longer in Ontario, Quebec, New Brunswick, Newfoundland, and PEI. Another reason why you want to check both reports is because, unfortunately, it stays on longer with TransUnion, and so it might be clear and you think it's good to go, but then the underwriter pulls it up on the TransUnion one, and then that causes uh, so, some problems there. There's also a date reported. Creditors can report an account up to six years after the collection was originally written off, but that you can just ignore. It doesn't control how long it stays on there. That's what the date of last activity is for. Now, Ashley, have you ever seen a collection agency change the date of last activity before? Absolutely, yes. Um, they will do that. And I, I don't know if it's purposeful or again, it could be human. <laughs> We're going to assume they do it on purpose just to bug us. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll let the viewer decide. I get a lot of questions about how long it can stay on there as opposed to the statute of limitations. Can you kind of explain what that is? Yeah. So the statute of limitations allows basically a creditor to take legal action within a particular time frame. And once it goes beyond that time frame, obviously there can be no legal repercussions, perhaps. However, you know, agencies can still continue to collect and, you know, can still, you know, uh, an underwriter might still identify it as an account that needs to be dealt with, even though it's beyond those limitations. And um, generally, it's every province is a little bit different. For brokers out there, there's really the two timeframes. There's the statute of limitation, which controls 
how long the creditor can go after them legally, whether it's uh, you know coming out garnishing their wages or registering a judgment, and then we have the uh, the time frame of how long it can stay on the credit report, and that information we've already gone through are in the show notes as well. Just keep in mind that they are completely different things, and they do have different time frames. In your experience dealing with the the actual clients or Canadians, do they assume that paying off or settling the debt will remove it from the report, or <coughs> what's your experience with that? Yeah, I think um, there's a bit of a blend there. Yeah, like a lot of people think, hey, when I pay it, it will fall off. Um, that's not naive. I think that's just a rational way to think. Yeah. That, uh, hey, if I do something correct, you know, will I be, I wouldn't call it rewarded, but will it remove it? Mm-hmm. And as you know, um, it won't do that. So. <laughs> not in Canada. Uh, not in Canada. Yes, yeah. you told me. So not yeah. here. Um, what I often tell those people, it's not the end of the world. Um, what's done is done. Um, there's no point, you know, living in the past saying, hey, it's going to affect me forever. Because as it really doesn't, once you either pay it in full or settle the accounts, it does show that, you know, something happened. Right. But most importantly, it's down to zero. And it would be nice if they did it. You know, <laughs> so many people ask me, and, and I can tell from the question, they want me to tell them it can <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, they just even, and they know in their heart it can happen, but they want you to say it. But yeah. so, unfortunately, the, our financial information uh, is bombarded by U.S. influence, and unfortunately, this is something that's that's very different here in Canada. Down in the states, they'll tell you, you know, just don't pay it, or or if you do pay it, ask to pay to delete is kind of the the phrase. Or terminology, but in in Canada, Equifax and TransUnion, they have the creditor sign agreements to essentially keep it on there or not change it. Uh, so it, I've never actually seen someone pay a collection and then have it removed. So that's not something you should be promising your clients. Uh, and it's something that uh, they need to know that it it stays on there. Otherwise, you could have issues. Uh, sometimes it can be disputed off, but that's more of a random um, error in favor of the clients, not necessarily uh, the 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 norm or something that can be forced. And uh, the other thing that goes along that with that is I got a lot of brokers who uh, assume or will tell clients that if they pay off a written account, written off account, something that has a, a rating of three to five to seven to nine, uh, that they will, that once it's paid off, then that rating will go back to a one. And that's not true. That's not, it's up to the creditor. They can change it if they want to, but it's not something that can be forced. Uh, so it's something where if they, if the client pays it or settles it, whether they pay a dollar or the whole amount, all that can legally be forced is that the balance is updated to zero, like Ashley was saying. Everything else is just a fluke. <laughs> um, yeah, it, 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 once it's written off, it's written off. And unfortunately, uh, it may be needed to get down to zero so that they can get the mortgage. 
but as far as your credit and and the client's score that there's not much benefit for paying off those written off accounts or settling a collection and we do see yeah like companies i won't say names but they advertise that this you know can be done here in canada when we know full well regulation but you see them advertise it and can we name names? Because that would be fun. <laughs> um, I think we should on the next show. Yeah, we'll, we'll go off air for that. <laughs> Is your official title debt settlement specialist? Yeah, or... I would call it a glamorous title of debt settlement specialist. It's, there you go. Uh, we don't do five, six different things. We just do one thing. We try and do it as well as we possibly can. Now, if I am a broker... And I see a client with a collection on their credit report. How can you get involved or what is it? What are kind of the steps that you do that, uh, that you can help the broker who um, ha- ha- is up against this amount owing on, on a collection? Broker would let me know what kind of debts they are. The DLA is very important. Then what I do, as we've done for years, I'd give a breakdown back saying, okay, based on this creditor, this is what our averages are. What we don't take into account at that point is the client's circumstances. Um, They range greatly. Um, You have some people, when it rains, it pours, and their hardships are genuine. And, you know, you can build them a really good case. And potentially you can get, you know, 30, 40, even possibly in some cases, 20 cents on the dollar. Broker can introduce the service to them and have us answer any questions they may have. Um, We want the client to be crystal clear on everything, on exactly how we're gonna help them, what we're doing for them, timeline expectations. Just make sure everybody's on board so you can really, you know, do the best job for your clients. We're just, you know, one tool along the way that will hopefully get you and your client there. That's right. So what, just to summarize or what I'm hearing there, one of the first things is for a broker to provide you who the lender is, what, or the date of last activity. So you know how old the account is and then a story might help as well as brokers you should be good at writing stories now uh mm-hmm. and and uh appealing to the the, the sympathy <laughs> or sympathetic side of a lender uh but uh, providing that to you you can then give them a quote which then uh will allow the client and you as the broker know the best way to to proceed and then at that point if uh, the client's wanting to proceed then then you can connect uh, the, the parties, you and, and the client together, and, and then you help them get the collections all taken care of and settled. Yeah, then we give the release letters, and then I guess you're involved for the updates. Once we've done our job, that's good. Yep. These collection agencies never update anything, um, as you know. Yeah. That won't, doesn't matter if they're supposed to, they will tell you they've done it. Never trust. <laughs> Yeah, it, exactly. and because so it it is yeah. huge. Um, now, with that release letter, a lot of the mortgage brokers can get the underwriter just to move forward with uh, with the mortgage, which is great. But just let your client know that either they have to go and get it disputed for further down the road, 
or if they want that, of course, that's what we can help with on getting that updated on, on their behalf. Uh, but that that is something that just because they tell the client that it will be taken care of, Ashley's 100% right. It's rare that they actually update it. And, uh, and it's both is even rarer. They yeah. might do one and then they forget to do that's the other. True. And yeah. that's where it comes in. And yeah, you see people spend thousands you know, of dollars fixing it and then they yeah. don't do this last step. Yes. They might as well have left it unpaid. Right? Exactly. So, yeah. And and then uh, the other problem is is that sometimes that creditor will resell it by accident or I don't think they do it on purpose, but uh, like when, when it comes up, sometimes it gets into the hands of a different collection agency. And if they don't have something in writing confirming that it is settled and, and they don't have that available, then it's harder to dispute the next time uh, because it's, well, I paid that. Okay, we'll prove it. Whereas mm-hmm. if you have a letter confirming that it was settled, then it's a lot easier to to deal with that. One of the ways that you can use a debt settlement specialist like Ashley to your benefit is when looking at clients that are refinancing to do debt consolidation. But if you're paying 100 cents on the dollar for collections or old debt that's written off, that's already on the credit report, then in my opinion, you're I guess doing a disservice or or not giving the best deal to the client. That's something where Ashley can work with the the lawyer for the conveyancing as far as he can work with getting the 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 amounts negotiated and then work with the lawyer to pay out that specific amount. Is is that right? Am I saying it correct? Oh, perfect. Thank you for bringing that up. Absolutely. Um even if their writs judgments liens, we can still get involved. Like, um, yeah, if you're doing a debt consolidation for a subprime borrower, and we'll use a hundred thousand because it's an easy number for me to yeah. work with. Um, you know, there's a good chance. It, it is case by case, but there's a good chance we could save that client forty, fifty thousand. Um, you know, that will reduce their broker costs, the lending fee, any legal fees they're paying. So, you know, it does absolutely save them money. There is no negative effect on the Bureau because they've already heard it themselves. Um, and it also works if there's a loan's value issue. Yeah. So uh, let's say you've got $100,000 in debts, but you've got an approval for 80000 Well, my job is very clear at that point. Uh, right. We need to bring it down. We know there's costs for lending, borrowing, brokering, et cetera. So we know what we have to do. So yeah, hopefully and, turn those no deals into possible deals. And you also, one of the, the favorite things that I like about your industry, anyone that's officially doing it, that is, is uh, they can't get paid up front. It's something where you get a percentage of whatever you save the client. So you have all the incentive in the world to save them as much as possible, which I think aligns perfectly with the client. And obviously you as the broker, getting it done, getting it done professionally, and then everything's in place and the client saves the most money possible and and then everyone's happy. Um, I can dispute collections if the collection agency no longer exists or is not picking up. But if they are picking up and confirming the debt, but they're just not 
getting to the client, then that's something where Ashley could be a great tool uh, to to get a hold of the right person and figure out some kind of payment, even if it's a hundred percent on these smaller debts. At least getting a hold of them that that's something that that can be huge. So, absolutely, yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah, a lot of time the accounts go from one agency to another agency, and you're planning chase, but you don't know exactly know where to look. Just so you're aware, a client can go and and negotiate the settlement their own directly with the client, just like a client could go directly to their bank and try and get a mortgage. Uh, as mortgage brokers, I'm sure you're aware of the benefit that you provide being a professional, knowing the mortgage game. Uh, that's where essentially Ashley plays on the debt side, where being a professional, knowing the ins and outs and the nuances of the different lenders, very similar to a broker. So that's something where it's up to the client. There is a cost if Ashley does is able to settle or save the client money. But a lot of clients in my experience are very willing <laughs> to to have a you know twenty percent off of the savings or whatever the the cost is just to not have to deal with the collections or the negotiation game. If they are, I do have a link in the show notes of some negotiating tips with collections. So that's the episode for today. I'll put Ashley's contact information in the show notes just to confirm you are able to do. All provinces except for Quebec? Except for Quebec, yes. Okay. Well, thank you for coming on the, the, the podcast today and for giving us a, a an insight to the, the dark side <laughs> of, uh-huh. uh, of, of the creditor view and, and how that uh, works. And, and we really appreciate it. Uh, my pleasure, Richard. Thanks for having me. As a reminder, if you have any comments, please put them down below. If you had the question, most likely another broker now or down the road will have the same one. If you have a specific client scenario that you want me to review, please send me all the details you can to info at creditgame.net and I'll see how I can help. You can click the see more button in order to get the links and resources that we talk about in the episode. And I look forward to seeing you on the next one.